0: It can't be that bad, oh, it can't be that bad, oh, it can't be that bad, oh, it can't be that bad,
1: oh, it can't
0: be that bad. I
1: follow um, the girl bass guitar player from School of Rock. Oh, she's growing up now and she's really good at bass? Uh, she actually hasn't played bass once on her TikTok, but she's really funny. She tells this story about um, how one time in the first grade, she was having a bad day, so she told the teacher it was her birthday. And the teacher was like, Oh, I didn't know that. Is everything okay at home? And she goes, No. <laughs> oh, depressing. And so the teacher throws her this party and buys her cupcakes. And then the, her dad comes to pick her up. And the teacher's like, Hey, I didn't know it was her birthday. And her dad goes, It's not your birthday.
0: <laughs> Dude, um, my goddaughter, my, my cousin's I... daughter, uh, <laughs> in kindergarten, this girl is so smart and manipulative already. It's scary. I don't my know what's like she's to. Little
1: girls are manipulative. She was. Uh, Symbiosis, whatever.
0: Uh, she um went to school and she's just a kindergartner and she they had a substitute that day so she lied to her substitute told her substitute it was her birthday so that she could get special treatment. What? And she came home from school with a crown on her head that said birthday <laughs> princess. And what did her mom say? She, Her mom took a picture, posted it on Facebook, and was cracking up. That's... So, like, positively reinforced
1: I would it. not... Be, you know, one time... That, I didn't learn that trick until I was a senior in high school. What'd you do? I told the teacher, a substitute, that I was Darius. We talked about this. Oh, we did talk about this. <laughs> so
0: you you, you switched names. You yeah, he names. wasn't there that day. <laughs> uh, I have a question to ask you. It's a quarantine life right now. You exercising a lot, dude? Uh, not as much as I would
1: like, but I am doing something. What are you doing? What is that something? Uh, you know, I do go for little bits of jogs. Nice. Uh, I walk the dogs. Yeah, but you're very
0: lucky to have push the- push-ups. You have the metabolism. I jump
1: rope.
0: You jump rope a lot. Oh. You ask
1: me a question and then don't let me finish, but whatever.
0: Hey, but I wanted to- Whoa, I was going to give you like a nice little compliment. I was going to say you have the me- metabolism of a- What's the- What's the word for it if I am bless you, oh bless you Hail again Satan. uh I'm nope, I'm not gonna let you say that if I oh that's right you're like a mesomorph you do you, you remember learning that in like health class?
1: I thought I was heterosexual but whatever
0: no it's not an orientation, my friend a oh, mesomorphic it means you're like naturally like muscular and lean as opposed oh. to, I'm an endomorph or mm. I'm naturally gelatinous fat. gelatinous fat, yeah fat is kind of like a
1: real way to say it
0: you know my brother used to just call me fat
1: like a name when i was a young kid my brother used to call me an started with an f2 and it didn't end with a t (laughs) okay or it did no it ended with a g (laughs)
0: Oh, I see. (laughs) Okay, so the shortened version of what I was thinking. Hey, baddies, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Christian Baltazar, And my name is Alejandro Middleton. And
1: we are the host of ICPTB Podcast, Podcast. also known as...
0: It can't be that bad. Podcast. Um, We are the podcast where we
1: defend critically condemned films. And I just sat here and realized that your mother and father must hear us say that little intro a million times times
0: not necessarily because usually when we record my father's out of the house working your mother then uh my mother's downstairs blasting why is she not in
1: this room right now
0: uh because she feels like she would be intrusive to our process
1: i want her to be in the process dude
0: if you want i think if we did a good enough job in convincing her she would be in this room recording an episode with us
1: would it take the, would it take a really good movie or would it take a really good argument
0: it would take a richard gear film she has okay the fattest
1: crush on richard gear
0: and there are a good amount of richard gear films out there that are critically condemned all of them yeah except I don't, for pretty woman except for pretty woman i don't what happened to richard gear uh he grabbed his bag and ran bro okay in other words he's probably just living off of all the cash that he made from his previous movies in this very luxurious career and lifestyle
1: Pretty sure that's what I said. But.
0: Um, <laughs> in different words. Uh, however, this uh movie that we're tackling today is not the most critically condemned,
1: but it does. Uh, it is. Kind it is of- fairly condemned, and not to say that the critics are wrong. No. Uh, but uh, but they're being dicks as usual. Of course. Um, you know what do we do here, Christian? We're the anti-critics. We are the anti-critics, and by doing that, we say, "Fuck, Fuck you, you, critics." And, uh, I also say, What does that mean? You know, it's That's an gibberish. <laughs> Don't, now this is the part where you're going to try to defend
0: it. I'm going to give you that time to justify what you just said, so go right on the head.
1: Not after you call it gibberish, because it's a real <laughs> thing, and if you just demonize it and make it... De- demonize it. De-
0: demonize it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because... None of I'm what a, you're saying I've is never gibberish. Actually,
1: I've never actually said that word out loud. I've only ever seen it written down.
0: <laughs> I hate when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> like I get starting a podcast. Archipagolo. Are you trying to say archaeologist?
1: I was trying to say archipelago. <laughs>
0: uh, it, given this platform uh, of radio. having a podcast, radio.
1: Old timey radio show.
0: It does uh, give me some pressure of like, oh, uh, I'm going to try to say a word. And hopefully, I don't fuck it up.
1: Do you ever explain the podcast to somebody as just like a radio show? Sometimes, like when I have to explain to my aunts and uncles what I'm doing on a podcast, I'm like, it's a radio show.
0: No, I have never actually had many opportunities to have to describe this to like older relatives. Oh, I have
1: quite a few older relatives that are like, and what exactly? No, it's funny because that doesn't, that question, what exactly is a podcast, comes up like, Generally, 20 minutes into the conversation about my podcast, uh-huh. where they'll be like, Oh, I hear you have a podcast. What's, what's that about? I'm like, Oh, you know, me and my buddy, we, we get together, we talk about movies and blah, 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 blah. And then they'll get to the point and be like, Oh, yeah, yeah. And what's, uh, what. What is a podcast? Why don't they ask that in the beginning? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, why do you have me explain all this stuff about my my show and stuff and then and then reveal to me that you never actually heard a podcast and it's just like, it's fine if you've never heard a podcast. I, I don't, ex- and, and even if you have. Nothing bad about it. Yeah, no. and even if you have, I, I do not expect you to have heard mine. Like, I'm always constantly shocked when people are like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm always like, oh my god. I get so flattered. I
0: don't flattered. know how to respond.
1: So if I've responded poorly to you when you say that to me in public, it's because I don't know what to say. What's
0: interesting about having a podcast is i was just talking to you about this is the lack of uh, instant gratification as opposed to doing live performance what well, we're yeah,
1: used to and you know what i think that just because of live performance i think it's good for us as millennials we're used to instant gratification and in everything yeah. in our life from our phones to instant yeah, ordering, social to, media you know, movies on our computer mm-hmm. so you know what christian maybe it's good for us to not ever hear those laughs and just kind of hope
0: Really trust our gut, and hopefully the direction we're going in in terms of this show is the direction that
1: people want to consume. That's such a scary thought. It, it's scary, <laughs> But, but I- very meta. Welcome to It Can't Be That Bad, guys. We watched a movie today. It's called Extraction. Extraction. Um, My name is Alejandro, and I'd like to present the itty-bitty, nitty-gritty. Go right on ahead, Alejandro. For our itty-bitty, nitty-gritty, we have actually a special surprise for you. Ooh, what is this? Christian's gonna read it.
0: Oh, I'm gonna read it? Yep. This rarely ever happens. I can count on one hand how many times I've read the synapses. And I can count it
1: on one foot.
0: Okay, and that's still the same amount of phalanges, but I'll give it to you, my friend. Here we go. The itty-bitty, nitty-gritty committee presents the synapsis. A black market mercenary who has nothing to lose is hired to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. But in the murky underworld of weapons dealers and drug traffickers, an already deadly mission approaches the
1: impossible. Couldn't have said it better. No, you couldn't have. Do you want to do the ratings and stuff? I haven't looked at any of the numbers. Oh, we're doing Earth I haven't looked at the Google percentage or anything. So, Extraction is actually a crazy cool movie. I stumbled across it in my quarantine evenings. Yeah, um, you were the one that told me about it. And it was funny because it was still at the time when my entire family was like, every night we'll watch something together. You I know like what I mean? That. Uh, yeah. But that quickly fell apart because we all have vastly different tastes and very clearly figured out that none of us want to watch anyone else's shit uh uh-huh. so this was like the last movie we all sat together and watched so like that's really like, depressing like i you know my mom was like let's watch a movie and i was like cool i was like this movie seems cool i've heard a couple of cool things and then my dad was in the other room and i'm like hey we're gonna watch an action film you want to watch it with us my dad was like well what's it about and legitimately we were both like no idea let's watch it together and um it, we'll, we'll probably never watch a movie together the three of us again.
0: <laughs> wow, that's a really uh very pessimistic way of looking at
1: what this movie means to you. It reminds you of the I love it. But the that's films. the thing is that's the thing is I'm I walked away from it thinking it was incredible.
0: This is a popular film. It's been on uh, Netflix's top 10 items
1: for a while the past now. month since month it and came a half. out. Since it came out.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I'm going to, pres- I'm going to play the games with you. that I usually play with me. Nice. Um, so this has a 68% on Ron tomatoes. Once again, a little higher than uh, the movies Tradish. that we do, but still, that's but a D it.
1: plus. There are some, there, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but there is a lot of backlash to this film. Yeah. I think people see it as just a shoot, shoot and scoot. Kind it's of a film.
0: perspective type of thing. Like you gotta, yeah. this is a visually intense and appealing
1: film. Intense. In all caps.
0: It's not meant to really appease you in terms of its plot and premise. Yeah. like You can't give it
1: 10% of your mind.
0: Nah, just watch it. Like, Turn your brain off and watch this really cool action choreography. IMDB gave this a 6.8 out of 10. Uh, Also (laughs) a D+. And Metacritic uh, gave this a 56%. Alejandro, um, would you like to guess how many Google users liked this movie? I would. Okay, go right on ahead.
1: 86%. Ooh, I'm
0: going to give you one more try. Higher, or lower. Higher, fuck. One last try. Nine ninety percent. Correct. Really? Right on the right on the dot. Man. Nice. Ninety percent. That's an A minus.
1: Um, that's a, you know because because the public is always right. Yeah. The the pub. I. This is a fun film. This is an intense film, beautifully shot yes. with impeccable cinematography and S- Sam Hargrave. Is yeah, that the Sam name Hargrave. of the director? Really interesting storytelling that he's doing here really good yeah. and
0: it's so different than other uh action movies this is action-packed and the action choreography is it's amazing
1: it is a very 2020 action filming but what i mean by that it is clearly influenced by john wick yes it's clearly influenced by uh foreign films and it's clearly influenced by the modern idea of storytelling where Even the good guys are bad guys. Yes. So what I think is really telling about this film is the fact that you can use all of these different aspects in storytelling and filmmaking and create a product like this, something that shows how much effort that they've put into this and how much influence has been put into we this.
0: were just watching uh this video on youtube mm-hmm. an interview with chris hemsworth and sam hargrave Correct. the director and they are breaking down one of uh the most iconic scenes in the film the first action piece which the was something first, that they make a point to say and they break it down piece by piece yeah very very small details that your uh, a regular viewer would not well, really that, break down that, that whole self. scene
1: is maybe a two minute action scene And they break it down and take about five, six minutes to break it down.
0: They said, actually, it took four days and then some of shooting for them to shoot that entire sequence.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's a flawless film in the sense of you can tell that this took a lot of time and planning. There's another really intense action piece where it is a one shot shot. 12-minute... 12, minute, 12 and minutes? And I don't even want to say fight scene because it is no. an action sequence that includes car chases, yep. gunfights, um, mystery, reveals, hide Some and Some dialogue. A little bit of dialogue. Um, not just dialogue, but very telling character traits mm-hmm. that, that can be missed in very quick one-off viewings. It's a very intense film that is going pedal to the metal, 100 miles an hour, from... Minute seven. It if doesn't sound off quite that fast, but it goes.
0: If I was an actor on this set, and if I were there on the set during the day that they were shooting this 12-minute one-shot scene, Multiple I would days. be
1: so fucking scared. The I have to give my first set of kudos to the director in that sense. Yes. Because the amount of planning—because the car chase alone, you watch it, it's all in one shot, or at least it's shown in one shot. Um, And so the idea is that they're driving all across the city. They must have— at one point, shot across this whole city because he drives for minutes. Yes,
0: yes. They they have the restrictions in where they can shoot geographically. It must be almost uh, infinite because they drive miles and miles without cutting, or the cuts are so subtle. You yes. and
1: I, we were watching. Uh, Trying one, to guess where the cuts were. Yeah, and I don't know it, if it's right. truly a guess. Good good point. I wasn't gonna try and act like we know where they all are because honestly we could be very wrong. I honestly watching it uh in that car chase I are speaking of, yes, when I watch it, I remember saying to my mom, This is incredible. This yeah. is insanely beautiful. Because there are scenes that are clearly shot from the front, the hood of another car following behind oh. the, the antagonist or the protagonist's car. And then the camera Goes into that car and comes out of that car a couple of times. And the entire time you're thinking, how? And then it never cuts. It never changes angles. It just flows perfectly. It's so smooth. Uh, the well video
0: done. editing. Uh, Sam Hargrave. He he uh, did a lot of the video editing here. Obviously. He's also in it. He
1: also has a small role.
0: Yeah, as a small role, as a badass sniper that is helping Chris Hemsworth's
1: character. Badass ish. Because he does get taken down pretty quick.
0: Yeah, but realistically, in
1: in an environment like this, oh, dude, I wouldn't last two seconds. Without Sam Hargrave's initial shot, uh-huh. this whole movie couldn't work because that's what gives Chris Hemsworth that first part of that action sequence. Dude, it, this those those very long
0: one-shotters are what takes this out of the ordinary action thriller of an
1: action film correct
0: it's it's so different uh like i said this has been popular for a month and a half and it's for no not for no reason but it's for yeah, All that of makes the sense. Reasons. It's, uh, yeah, I know.
1: I'm kind of just rambling. Here's something that I want to talk about that I touched on briefly in the beginning is the influence on foreign films that this has. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I want to talk about is that there's a lot of actors in this film who we don't know of, but we assume that they're fairly big in other countries.
0: Yes. Uh, I don't want a to lot be of a Bollywood dick, actors, but we,
1: uh, we assume that they're Bollywood actors. Yeah, the guy um, who be-
0: plays Saju, for sure, I was reading up on his uh, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. He's a, a famous a Bollywood Indian actor. Uh, Bollywood actor. Which
1: is not a knock against him, but he clearly is a this isn't his first film no that's not his first rodeo the intensity he's bringing equally matches if not goes over the intensity that chris hemsworth is bringing in this film and
0: chris hemsworth being an a-list actor on a netflix film i'm sure it would be very daunting for other actors to kind of bring that energy to match it or even try to surpass it at all he's doing a
1: level of acting both of them are doing a level of action and acting that i don't think Everyone can do. No. There's a special breed of actor that can emote so much feeling through physical altercation.
0: Imagine the multitasking that an actor has to do in order for them to both memorize all this action choreography to the teat where there is no room for clumsiness or, yeah.
1: uh... Because it's physically dangerous if you're clumsy with it's, it. Yeah, you could get hurt. There's a couple... We kept saying these fight scenes are super intense and gorgeous action pieces. But one thing I kept saying to you, Christian, as we rewatched some of it here, was that it's clear that these are choreographed fights. Yes. Because they're so intense and so quick, uh... uh movements and gun jujitsu that John Wick made so famous, um it's very clear that they had rehearsed it before. That does not take anything away from how cool it looks or how fun it is to watch it. But I think we're we're stepping away from real fights where when Bourne Ultimatum came out and changed how action films are, which made almost every movie have to take this gritty, realistic take to it, John Wick has changed everything into the next form. John Wick has taken action films into the next level, which is this... Hyper violent, pseudo realistic, yeah. M- MMA.
0: the The industry
1: is slowly changing with these with something, these films. Yeah, that are... something Quentin Tarantino was doing already.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And with uh with society changing as a whole, you know, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter Agreed. to that of a squirrel's. Really, uh, we have yeah, to be visually
1: seconds. entertained constantly. And this movie does it without it being nauseating. I think some people may not. Be as um, may not be as entertained by the ride, yeah. But it is a ride nonetheless, and and I will say, it is very. The storytelling is very iconic,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, what I think the direction in which
0: the movie industry is going in right now, I think it's, it's splitting off in two directions where it could be successful. In this direction, like you were saying, in the John Wick style, which is very hyper-violent, fast, quick-paced, Correct. and very pleasing to the eye. And the, let's say, Quentin Tarantino style, which is also very hyper-violent, but in the sense of his dialogue
1: scenes, well, it's, which it's is it's slow-burning, but still very... It's arguably the two styles of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah tarantino yeah. films um i'm sorry i'm a little stuffed up from uh, allergy so if i'm yeah. struggling with words no you're good you're good dude uh yeah you know i i wonder if that just shows that this new era of directors is influenced by things like that it has to be because quentin tarantino isn't shy to say what directors have influenced himself and what movies he liked to watch and why he's doing the things he's doing mm-hmm. just like directors we've seen recently do that same, very same thing. Um, we are doing a back to back Hemsworth Day. So yeah. you may have heard already our episode on Arkansas, which has Chris Liam, Hemsworth's little brother, Liam Hemsworth. Uh, and the, those two films, I think, are very good watermarks of what the coming industry is going to be. Yeah. I think this film is a very telling of how action film is going to be done. And I think. Clark Duke's masterpiece of Arkansas is going to be how drama, thriller, and thrillers are going to be told.
0: Yes, Um, it's we we are getting to that point where cinema is evolving, and it is important to kind of like give note to who who in the past has inspired like our future directors and people
1: that are going to uh, carry the torch of cinema.
0: Yeah, it's important. And you
1: know, there was very clear when you take. We'll get back to the movie in a second. But when you take a film history class or so when you look at film as a whole, yeah, there are generations of directors. The first great generation of directors were working with silent film. They were essentially taking... Oh. 600 photos and making a story out of it and that's an incredible thing to do directly influencing them or directly influencing the next generation which was the sound directors the first directors to actually have film with sounds directors like Charlie Chaplin or Stan Laurel or you know all of these great actors who finally have this new medium of sound to add to this art form of film. Yeah. And so now the next directors after that, Now, well, now we have sound and now we have visual. What's the next thing? Now let's add true emotion and depth to the sound and the music and the integrity of it. Then the next generation of directors after that, well, now let's add art to it. At the same time, thus spawning a culture and a counterculture, which thus spawns such a bigger thing. We're now level six, seven, eight levels deep of film. We're lucky to have only had film for the, maybe the last... 150 years. You know what's what's crazy and something I've thought about before is that
0: like I I do wish I was kind of born uh, in earlier decades, uh, minus the segregation and racism, <laughs> I would have, I wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of uh, being a creative, because uh, now the market is saturated with so many creators. You got sure. content creators on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. We have so many movies of different genres trying to tackle uh, the same genre but differently. How do you stand out now as an actor, as a creator, as a musician? Sure. That's it's so difficult. And so movies like this, like Extraction in, in Arkansas, they're putting those small nuances on their films so that we can see them in a new light, in a different light that is going to change the direction of cinema.
1: I really think cinema is in a great spot right now. Yeah. I think we're making some really good films, but you have to look for it. I think, just like George Orwell foretold, in having too many options, we will actually have none.
0: Oh, I yeah.
1: I couldn't agree more. So, you know, we can consume the great uh we can consume what the consumerists want us to like the avengers and love wedding repeat and all of these factory made films yeah but then we can also enjoy these deeply held heartfelt art pieces that are extraction and and it's weird to call it movie like extraction art but there is a beautiful art in this film everything from the fighting of the martial arts, the cinematography, the, the delivery of the writing, because the script is, I don't want to say a bad thing about it, but it is not Shakespearean writing.
0: It's not its shining point.
1: But the characters go so deep. Yes. To get back to the movie, um, Chris Hemsworth, this whole movie is trying to protect this or is trying to get this kid back to his dad, the drug dealer's son. Yeah. And there's a scene where the drug dealer's son finally has his heart to heart with Chris Hemsworth and it's like, oh, that's just so good. Tell me your name. Can you just, you just saved my life a number of times and you are claiming to be my only saving grace in this world. And if I have to trust you with my life, can I at least know your name? And they have this beautiful moment of deep emotional connection between this cold-hearted, trigger-pulling mercenary and a naive, innocent child. And it's only about two minutes long, this
0: scene of dialogue, but you learn so much about Chris Hemsworth. About both of them. Chris Hemsworth, you learn, is a father whose son recently passed away. Not recently, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a few years back, whose son recently uh, passed away uh, at six years of age from lymphoma. And so now there's a little bit more depth to this uh, character. To why he's so heartless, yeah. Yeah. And why he might be so protective of, uh, of the younger child. generation. Mm-hmm. E- even when he runs into child soldiers in Bangladesh trying to kill him cold-blooded in the streets. <laughs> it
1: is very interesting that he does. He chooses not to kill the child soldiers. The he kids. does a
0: very like gritty Jackie Chan thing where he's hurting them without killing them. Un- disarming them without killing them. Just yeah, because they're kids. It, yeah. It's almost Although wacky. arguably
1: some of those kids, he should have killed a couple of those kids.
0: Dude, oh um, my gosh. Some of these kids were pieces of shit.
1: One thing I want to get off my chest right away, What's up? and I'm, I'm, it's funny that we're like 45 minutes into the episode, but <laughs> uh, the one of the major fight scenes between Chris Hemsworth and Saju is in an intersection... That I assume was filmed in Thailand because it is the same intersection from The Hangover Two. Now I have to say that's quite a bold statement. It is. It just like how the Sons of Anarchy went to Shrewd Farms uh, because Dwight Shrewd's house just happens to be the same house that the Sons of Anarchy hang out in. And they're like, "Oh, I guess we could shoot here." It's just this, it's just some house in outside it's of L.A. Two
0: paths crossing We're, with as big as this planet is. Shared universes. Sons uh, of
1: Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy is in the, the office. office.
0: A crossover episode, uh, and
1: also Hangover Two is in the same as Extraction. If Brooklyn
0: Nine Nine and New Girl could have a crossover episode, Hangover Two and Extraction could have a crossover movie. Are they really connected? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, because they're both pro- at the time they were both produced by Fox, NBC. Um, mm-hmm. They're NBC. produced by Fox, and then Brooklyn Nine Nine went to NBC after Fox didn't pick them up for another season.
1: I want. We should talk more about the film. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So Sanju, Sanju. Saju. Saju. Fuck. Uh, Saju does a really interesting thing where he has a very deep character background where they almost, he's he's almost the antagonist throughout the film, chasing Chris Hemsworth throughout the entirety of the film. Until you find out why he's doing all of this. But even even before that, when you meet his family and stuff like that, I have a feeling they only show us that so that we have this connection to the antagonist. Because mm-hmm. he's not the real antagonist.
0: Yeah. Movies work better when you can feel for when you can
1: relate to the character. I think that's another modern thing where yeah. heroes have flaws and villains have redeeming qualities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it compresses, uh, the character arcs of both so that you could see them in the middle.
1: Yeah. I, um, I need a, I I need to really reassess how I think about foreign films because I can see a lot of influences of different aspects. For example, I brought up the fact that this film heavily reminds me of the raid, Yes. Which is a great film that you brought up was... It's an Indonesian, Indonesian film. film. Uh, and that also influenced the new Judge Dread, Yes. And it's influenced the Daredevil TV show. It's influenced a lot of really intense action sequences and... That take place pieces. in one place. Yeah. And, uh,
0: not too many cuts in Pretty
1: those action anytime sequences. Pretty much any time you see... Uh, an action scene in a hallway mm. or a stairwell that's pretty much taking it from the raid, yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, the raid does it the best. Well, it's it's crazy because it was one of the first to take uh
0: a, an action uh lead the, to kind of just fight a bunch of people in a
1: small compressed place and not just but not just put in a small compressed place but but put us in the middle of a fight that's in a small hallway, yes. You know what I mean? Like you you are just barely not getting punched watching. These fights, in, uh, in this film included.
0: Yes. Uh, Chris uh, in Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, he is dodging bullets. He is getting by by the skin of his teeth. And you are there right next to him via the cameraman uh, seeing these fights. He has a lot of stellar kills in this film. I, I We were watching a scene, and one of my favorite kills was when he pins one of the... Uh, mm. one of the. He's ga- a, a police officer. Yeah, a police of, officer of uh, Bangladesh. In Bangladesh, I don't know what city.
1: Maybe the city of Bangladesh, but who knows?
0: But uh, yeah, he pins him against the wall of a hallway and slashes his throat three or four times. Three times. Quite excessive, but
1: aesthetically pleasing, I would say. I don't think that was excessive. I think that's actually what you would need to do to slice somebody's throat. I think think even with a very sharp knife, uh, one cut to the jugular is just going to make him bleed out. But if you want to completely sever the carotid artery and the jugular vein to really make sure that that person is down and done, I think you'd have to cut that deep. You know an odd amount about using a sar- sharp object. True Crime Podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things I want to talk about in this film is how the the son, I don't remember what his name was. I think it was Ovi. Ovi has a very coming of age moment without it being him having to kill somebody or him having to hold a gun or him having to to soil his innocence. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the film, he is still has the potential to be a good man, an innocent man not innocent man, a good man who does legal, you know what I mean? Legal things without having to follow the footsteps of his father. Yes. Yet, yet, Becoming a man in this storyline, he was an I think interesting it, character. I think it'd be very easy for this story to take the route of, oh, once Chris Hemsworth or or Saju Saju dies, now the kid picks up the gun and he defends himself and he fights his way out. I think that would not be as believable or realistic. That's
0: a generic uh, storyline that we've seen in other action
1: flicks, plenty for of sure. The Book loss of, of Eli, innocence and, and, yeah. and
0: yeah, following the footsteps of the of the
1: uh, protagonist. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's the that. That's the wizard who teaches Luke how to be a Jedi. You know? Pretty much.
0: However, I do want to say about Ovi is that this entire movie wouldn't have happened if he chose in the beginning to not go to the club. You show him; It shows him yes. leaving his private school, go home, that night, he says goodnight to whoever
1: the fuck. That was, that was Soju. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, Soju, yeah, so- that's so- right. is yeah. um, a
1: Korean drink. <laughs> I honestly, dude, you're lucky. I'm saying these names even this correct. I've had dude, a I'm bit getting of whiskey really a lucky a few with years. This. so. Uh,
0: I knew tackling this movie, it'd be. We're not even tackling the uh, Bollywood actors or foreign actors' names, but, but that'd because that'd be difficult.
1: I don't want to disrespect them. <laughs> Same. All respect to them. Namaste. I respect the light in you as you respect the light in me. But uh, I, I'm not going to insult you by trying to pronounce your names.
0: No, not at all. But yes. Oh, this movie would not have happened if Ovi was just like. I'm Is that tired. kind of racist? What you just said? Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure. I'll have to listen back to it.
1: <laughs> 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 I'd like to talk about socks now. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, they did a good job of making us really believe that the drug kingpin in this movie was purely evil.
1: Um, The rival drug kingpin because not the dad ovi's dad who was very menacing and evil i thought the very interesting part about his character was the fact that they show here is a drug lord uh, a criminal boss a criminal enterprise boss still in charge from prison yes and the shit he was saying about his son
0: so ovi his son got kidnapped and uh he was telling someone that worked for him uh Hey, it's not about the ransom. It's not about the money. It's about the humiliation. Yeah. He's thinking about his pride rather than the safety of his own son. He doesn't care if his son
1: gets kidnapped or not. What and he his, wants is not the disrespect. Yes,
0: and his son does say in the movie, uh, "My father sees me more of a thing rather than a person." And how hurtful is that? You must be thinking like, "Oh, this kid has it all—like a big house, protection, mm-hmm. uh, because his dad is a drug kingpin." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But something that we might forget or will be unable to relate to is that even very privileged kids, they don't get the love of human interaction. My dad tells me a simple life is a happy life, and I will believe that until the day that I die.
1: Yeah, I agree. But uh, the people who say money doesn't bring you happiness tend to be pretty poor. Uh, So, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's a spectrum. (laughs)
1: There is two sides of that blade. It's not
0: that simple. (laughs) Happiness is not simple. It's a complex
1: ideology. Um, Because it feels a lot better crying in a Lambo than it does on a bike.
0: Hey, all I'm saying is if you could pursue happiness as long as it doesn't hurt other people. So you could get in that Lambo. If you buy that Lambo, just don't hit anyone with that
1: Lambo. Mm. I don't like the way you say it. You should pronounce the whole word. Say Lamborghini.
0: Lamborghini. I've yeah. listened to too many Migos songs to say Lamborghini.
1: That's the reason why you shouldn't say it.
0: I can't. I can't recite Migos songs.
1: Uh, only if you can name all three of the Migos.
0: Uh, you got uh,
1: Quavo. That's one.
0: You got um, fucking <sighs> shit. Now, now I'm like okay. Name the other two. I'm not the one that's bringing it up. <laughs> I'm not the one. This is why I don't bring up Migos. Dude, if the mics weren't on, I'd be able to remember at least uh, the other one that's uh, I'll be 100% married honest.
1: to Cardi B. I'll be, is, is that not Quavo? That's not Quavo. Uh, I'll be 100% honest. I only know that trick because I once got called out on that. I was talking about Migos and someone was like, oh, yeah, you're a big fan of Migos? Name them. And I was like, yeah, Quavo and Migos two and three. Yeah, uh, Migo number three doesn't <laughs> even get so to rap that much. There's Quavo, there's uh, Chevy Chase. Um, Chevy Chase
0: You're just naming the three. Uh, oh shit I got my is mixed up What movie was Chevy Chase The Martin Three Chase? Amigos The bitch. Three
1: Amigos Which will be coming up Pretty soon I don't think that's rated Very highly
0: No that's something We could
1: tackle Anyways Extraction eh, Hey there's two types Of episodes we do On this podcast Wacky Silly Motherfucking episodes And deep movie cuts This one is right in the middle
0: This is a blend Right I think that's uh, The definition of a blend Another character I do want to talk about though Hit me is the drug kingpin's uh, sniper boss? Th- not him. Oh. The fat fuck that throws kids off of buildings? Oh,
1: th- his heavy.
0: Yes, his heavy, who is literally heavy, and not only do I think he throws these kids off of buildings, I think he secretly eats them too,
1: (laughs) (laughs) because this guy in the third world country- usually I'm the one who makes crazy, weird connections, but you know what, Christian? I'll give you that one. I'm not even going to argue against it, honestly. You get it. I know you get it. I I don't, but I'm not going to argue against it. Dude, it's a third world country. How is this guy so fat? So, I'm going to be 100% honest, and- this will come off semi-racist, but I got this drug dealer mixed up with the dictator from Six Underground. Mm. Very similar tactics of throwing people off buildings. Well, now when you back it up like that, that's not so, racist. So thank you. So when I think of like of these bad guys, I, I, I like I imagine the dictator from Six Underground, yeah. in this movie, and then I imagine the drug dealer in Six Underground as the bad guy. But you know what? Dude, they're all the same. (laughs) (laughs) They're all shitty movies. That's why they're on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Shitty movies that look cool. This movie looks incredible. I will. I. I honestly have to say, this movie is a cinematography masterpiece. Yes. There are some shots. The oners and the action sequences are are really beautiful. I I don't want to get any shit mail from you fucks out there telling me that we didn't talk enough about this movie, because what I want to talk about is the art. It's the art, because... Yeah, we could
0: break down scenes. We could talk about scenes, but also, you fucker, just watch the
1: movie. It's on Netflix. We'll talk about everything behind the scenes. You know what? I love that you doubled down and took my, my me. I love that you are have my back. But maybe we shouldn't call the baddies fuckers.
0: No, this goes off to the non-baddie fuckers. Oh, the people that we're are just. Still li- but
1: if you're listening, we still like you. This is this goes
0: out to the the, for the haters who are listening. To the haters. That's what it is. Man. I gotta say though. What? I love the hate you do i really do so guys you you see us like commenting on instagram commenting to your comments and like replying to your stories and whatnot and you might be wondering if it's either me or alejandro but if it's uh responses to the haters out there that's mostly alejandro
1: yeah and i'm mostly responding to the lovers yeah mostly mostly our hate comes to our dms which has and uh don't worry
0: yeah and to haters fuck off
1: yeah, see, this is why we don't let Christian talk to you. <laughs> I'm not good at shit talking,
0: dude. I'm not good at shit talking. However, this movie made me want to get ripped like Chris Hemsworth and smack everyone's I, jaw.
1: I really want to get back into a martial art. Yeah, you used to do martial arts. I used to, I boxed as a small child for a very short while. You have told me this. Um, and I I do a very special form of martial arts that I call looksy do. <laughs> that sounds made up. What is looksy do? Looksy do is uh, I look,
0: I, I see. And I do. That's like the same breakdown of the seafood joke. I'm on a seafood diet. What kind of diet is that? Well, I seafood and I eat
1: it. I'm just saying, bro. I am a fourth degree black belt in looksy do, homie. You must teach me your ways, master. It truly is just you know. You gotta be aware and be. You know who's a master of looksy do? Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Also, if you if you are a fan of UFC, John Jones uh, classifies his martial art as looksy do. That's what I got it He from. actually says that? Yeah, he says he practices looks he do. That's absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but anyways, Chris Hemsworth, is doing, it's funny to see him be this kind of action hero, because we do so often see him as Thor, yeah. which is a very intense, big action hero in itself. This is a very different form of action hero.
0: Yeah, there's no comedic aspect to his character in this movie, as no, opposed none. to Thor, who gets chubby <laughs> in the, the most recent Avengers film. So fat. Yeah.
1: Uh, but, 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 there but, 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 there is no funny parts in this film. No, this is all just action packed. And I, and I like seeing Chris Hemsworth do this type of visceral intensity that yes. we don't see in Disney Marvel films.
0: This action choreography, I won't even say has a cadence to it. Because even with action choreography that has a cadence, there are gaps where uh, error can be prone. But here, it's so compact every kick every punch every gunshot is so well rehearsed that it both simultaneously looks organic but unrealistic because no man could fight off 50 people in a hallway
1: i think where john wick has gunshots go off and it seems uh, they just kind of go off and go away yeah Every shot that goes off, or every gun that goes off in this movie, you kind of you almost always see where the bullet goes. Yes. There is no shot that just flies away and and just all right, don't worry. They just pa-pa-pa. That's just a gun going off. Almost every shot you see its termination of the bullets. And 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 Mm -hmm. it it is very realistic because you see the 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 termination of this projectile. Yes. One One of my favorite scenes is when What's which one the bat- Saju Saju dies <laughs> or, or not even when he dies because he gets shot multiple times um he, his last Dude. his last effort on the bridge yeah. is so intense he, the last scene he fights a guy uh who gets the upper hand is is on top of him he he fights for the pistol he shoots him as he's pushing off that dead body another guy comes and they have this very quick Sporadic gunfire exchange. Yeah. Where Saju gets shot seven to 10 times and shoots in return 10 to 15 times. It's intense. He gets shot. The person he's shooting falls dead. And then Saju proceeds to get up, knife two other people, pick up an AK, and is ready to fight again. And is so convincingly ready to go that, spoiler alert, when he gets shot through the forehead, it yep. is shocking. There's a lot of shocking bullets to the head in yes. this movie. This one is the most jarring. Not in a bad way, but just unexpected. Because yeah, you are so ready nowhere. for him to go on another spree. And, and because you're like, how can he be going? Literally, how can he still you be think fighting? he's invincible? He's been hit by a truck. He's been pushed out of a second story <laughs> building. didn't talk about he's him getting stabbed, hit by a truck. stabbed, shot, kicked, punched, thrown, everything. And nothing stops him. Now, I do want to talk about him getting hit by a truck,
0: but before that, I do want to give a special shout out to the sound effects coordinator, because every gunshot, it sounds so impactful.
1: So much to the point that even when we had watched that breakdown uh, with Sam and Chris, they talk about, I love... How halfway, like in the beginning of the episode, we only say people's first name first and last names, and then by like halfway, half an hour, we're just like, so, so we get Chrissy, to know them. So Chrissy and Sammy are over <laughs> here.
0: We get to know them halfway through the episode. I feel like I know these actors I by first like name it. basis.
1: Anyways, we get to a point where in this breakdown, they talk about a, a machete AK forty seven exchange, and they talk oh about how gosh. the machetes that they used in filming were wooden machetes. Mm-hmm. So you know the sound, and at least we know the sound on the on the film set is probably like, crook. All right, everybody, okay. Stop, cut. Like it's all this, but, but the sound effects added to the ting shing fung is primo. And for you baddies out there that aren't
0: movie buffs, um, they they do make these sounds offset, like in Straight post.
1: Up, I will I I will make the bold statement of no sound you hear in a film is the actual sound no drinking moving of even if they're just moving a cup on the table and you hear it sliding i can almost guarantee that sound was added in post to make it sound better
0: if a character is walking on grass they're not using the sound from the camera or from
1: the boom mic even yeah even if the the dialogue that they shot when they did that may not even be what they used they are simulating this sound in post there are because like i said (laughs) this is like the fifth or sixth generation of directors and so we know how to adr sound
0: dude it's movie magic dude it's movie magic um do you have a best person on set
1: before we get to that i will say to add to the movie magic did you catch the wilhelm scream no actually not in this film usually i do i believe where it's when saju is making his last stand somewhere there on the bridge i believe when one of the cuts he's making one of the guys is muffled screams i in my ears, sounds to be a Wilhelm scream. I love
0: that they're using the Wilhelm scream years he, later.
1: I I think you should in every film.
0: Before we do, uh, shout out the B of this episode. I do want to talk about uh, fucking uh, Saju. Uh, not fucking Saju. I'm sorry. Want, I would fuck Saju. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, when he am gets.
1: I? <laughs> Just kidding. Seriously, I wouldn't. Would I? Not I a guy. Know. It's up to you. If he was on the bottom. What? Jesus
0: Christ, dude! I want to talk about when he get I hit get when he got hit by that truck. So many people <laughs> at the end of that 12 minute one shot uh, shoot get hit by cars <laughs> that are just
1: driven by civilians. Oh, Chris Hemsworth straight up runs over somebody, right? He runs. He runs over Saju. No, no, but also like in the 12 minute car chase, he must have because at one point he's like, he even like fuck, like. It's
0: potential that an extra got injured on this set because if you watch this movie in that shot, he is driving through a fast lots of people. That town is congested with humans and like he's driving through. Bangladesh, India, buddy. Dude, a lot this world is overpopulated. Like I'm in this culture shock where I'm I'm in this like uh in my own ethnic ethnocentric bubble of only being in America.
1: Here's how you here's how you solve that. Here's how you pop that bubble. Get a passport. Yeah. Go to a different country.
0: Oh. Even if it's Mexico or Canada. But even before that, we need a vaccine because these uh, airplanes are not safe right now.
1: Dude, you're fine. You think I'm You fine? are 26 years old in the prime of your health, maybe a tad overweight, but you but you're not sixteen I'm plus. Asthmatic. You, that's not that's not a real disease. And I am getting kind of fat from this quarantine. Oh, my castle fell.
0: Dude, uh, for you listeners out there that can't see that, which is all of you because this is a podcast. He tried stacking up cans on cans and tried making like a I'm beer can a, tower.
1: I'm making a can replica of the Saturn V rocket um because I have a Lego version. But you know what? It just looks like trash here in this room. (laughs) You look like trash in this room. That's your best person on set award.
0: It's going to go to Sam, Sam Hargrave, the director. Tell me about it. Uh, He is a stunt coordinator. So, you know, uh, he probably did work with a team of other action coordinators, but he definitely spearheaded that by the way that he was dissecting uh, that action scene in that interview that we were watching. Um, Yeah, he he shot a lot of this himself. Um, I, I think he did a fantastic job in making this movie visually appealing in the way that it is.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, Sam did a, a, an incredible job. He also did a lot of the filming himself. I saw quite a bit of behind-the-scenes footage of him on the hood of cars strapped in. That's insane. Getting the shots, of, you know, first person. Um, so I, I will give a nod to the hat to him, um, but I will not give him my best person on set award. Okay. Because who? I do have to give it to Chris Hemsworth.
0: Whew. That's not a bad person to give it to.
1: You know, I, I would give it to Sam if you hadn't, but I want to give credit to all who who it's due. And Chris Hemsworth is maybe not giving the best acting job that he's ever done because this character doesn't have that much of a memorable, you know, character traits. Yes. But what we do learn about this character, what we do see, how that influences his choices and his decisions all makes Incredible sense, it it's makes sense. Vastly different from anything I've seen Chris Hemsworth do in the past. This is not the typical uh action film with him. No, you know, I I don't actually I can't think of any other. Well, he was I can't think of another big tentpole action film that he's done besides this.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah uh, and none of the Marvel movies Thor count. isn't necessarily an action a, film th- those are comic films and, yeah. and
1: even like um, his other stuff his like indie films and drama stuff like those aren't super big action blow up he Definitely was in Vacation
0: this... it, uh, with Ed Helms the new Vacation and movie and he's in
1: new Ghostbusters
0: <laughs> that's right um, oh someone we didn't talk about is David Harbour <laughs> Day- what a twist on his character
1: David Harbour does such a great job being an agent he was he plays essentially the same role in what movie quantum of solace oh dude i haven't seen quantum of solace man of course because you don't like james bond because you hate him because i love him
0: i don't hate him i just i'm not as interested in uh, james uh, david Bond david Harbour,
1: very early or not very early but pretty early on in his career is playing yes. in, uh then fbi agent he's working with felix leiter in, in quantum of solace but he's a double agent essentially mm-hmm. uh and I that's when I first discovered David Harbour. Great job. Great actor yes. and doing the perfect role for him. He's
0: only in about twenty minutes of this film. But he already proves so much as an actor in here. He has some really quick, witty David Harbour dialogue and comebacks. And there is a crazy action sequence between him and Chris Hemsworth, which gets fucking intense.
1: I'll tell you what I... Yeah, their fight scene is really very beautifully done. Because it yeah. is a struggle, not necessarily an an overt fight. Yeah. um, I did kind of call that there is some things that you kind of conceive from the beginning it's a fairly easy script
0: yeah it's predictable but once again
1: but very well this is not for the
0: script this is for its uh visual aspects it's art yeah um i my personal rating for this film is going to be a four out of five uh this is bonkers good way um it would be a five out of five if i was impressed by a simultaneously well executed script you know a a great premise but this is so visually appealing it's going to get a 4 out of 5 for me you
1: know it had a lot to it and it had a good premise to it. what what do you think they could have added that would have what there was a lot in this storyline maybe maybe necessarily taking something away would have made cuz he Chris Hemsworth also had like a team yes. behind him uh that we didn't really touch on but also the movie doesn't really touch yeah, on yeah the
0: the lady that uh was sniping everyone on the bridge I would the, the other
1: sniper I would have liked to have had a little more explanation of their story i think that would have rounded out this storyline a little bit
0: because they have some sort of rapport with each other like they have a history they're
1: essentially the six underground team
0: yeah yeah i'm not too sure so maybe if those characters and their relationships were more fleshed out i think that could have given it more opportunity to be a better uh story but you know you can't you can't have it all sometimes you can that'd be a five out of five but shoot turn your brains off when you watch this if you want to be just visually satisfied or turn it on and try to break down the action sequences and oh. how these shots
1: were shot. It's intense. It's
0: intense. Uh, anything else you got to say, man?
1: I give it a I give it a four four out of five as well.
0: All right. Now uh, that's a bonkers, bonkers. in a good way.
1: Good way. Uh, I would just like to say. What's up? That I want all those baddies out there right now to stop what you're doing. Stop what you're if doing. If you're in a car, slam on the brakes. If you're at work, <laughs> if dangerous direction. Stand up. If you're at home doing laundry, turn the washer off. If you are walking the dog, stop walking. If you are in church, stand up. Who listens to a podcast in church? Someone that doesn't want to be at church. <laughs> if you are in church, stand up. And I want you to look right now everybody to the closest person to you and say, "Oh my god, I'm listening to the funniest podcast ever. You should also listen, follow, subscribe, rate, and review them on iTunes, Spotify, That's or anywhere you get your podcasts quite from. Aggressive, though. Uh, 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 five stars or more. Thumbs up only. Uh, they're hilarious. It's called It Can't Be That Bad. Do it now, or you suck. Uh, and if you don't get a new friend, you'll definitely get a lawsuit. Or use
0: reverse psychology. Play the podcast as loud as you can through your earphones until someone asks, "Hey, what do you listen to?" That's you're just actually like,
1: illegal, Christian. That's 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 uh, breaking the noise or- ordinance in your local government. No,
0: fuck that. If a dude could walk around on the sidewalk with a boombox, how often do you see that? Saw
1: it once in high school. You've never seen that.
0: Saw it once in high school. No, you didn't. There was legit a dude by the name of John Chitman the Third walked around with a boombox on his shoulder, told everyone about IHOP pancakes. <laughs> And really thought he was from the '80s and '90s, and walked around blasting music. Cool guy, though. Cool guy.
1: I, you know what? Nothing to say.
0: Nonetheless, rate and review us. Uh, it truly yeah, does Yeah, do help. what I
1: said. Stand up. Diswept hey, church. Go, go against churches. the grain.
0: Go against. Go against the grain. No, be respectful of other people's religions. You know, do do you as no, long as it doesn't
1: don't do religions
0: uh, undo others.
1: Undo unto others as you wish to yourself.
0: Obviously, it's the end of the episode. (laughs) That's a
1: crazy way to undo unto others as you would do to yourself. That's a tongue twister within itself. It's like all the self-detriment that you do, do that shit to other people, not to yourself. That's (laughs) That's the most satanic (laughs) thinking I've ever thought of in my life. Terrible. You know your flaws? Don't do it to yourself. Do it to other people. You're terrible. We do not
0: condone any of that. This is just Alejandro's unorthodox mind speaking for itself, and I, I don't condone it.
1: I condemn it.
0: Say bye to the baddies. Bye, baddies. Bye. Bye.